0: Welcome to How's Your ePresence. This is Mark Galvin, and I am the founder and president of ePresence. We are a social media firm, and you are joining us for our live broadcast of How's Your ePresence. This is the, bit the show where we talk about business and social media, and we do appreciate that you are here. So, in On How's Your presence we have a new format. We are producing content that is really a library of content that folks can come back to again and again and again. We may veer a little bit off of that, uh, that channel today, but we're still focused on that. What do we do on How's Your presence? We're always trying to produce content to help people understand how to do their their digital marketing a little better. Our last show, for example, was a conversation on how you can make, uh, launch a new podcast, make some money on it. How do you monetize that? Had a great guest from what was what was Megaphone FM with uh, Jeremy Wiener. We found out today, Megaphone FM, our guest from last show, has been bought by Spotify. So now they're part of Spotify. So we'll probably have to have him come back and talk with us a little bit more. So in the future, when you want to come back to our show, we would love for you to subscribe. And so you'll see, let's see, which way is it? It's I think it's this side. So hit that subscribe button. There we go. Hit that subscribe button down there. So you get a notification of when we go live. Here's why. We want you to jump in with your comments. We want you to jump in here and tell us, hey, this is what you think About our content, this is what you think about what we're talking about, and you can join the conversation by posting those. And today, you're going to want to tune in because we do have something that you're going to want to weigh in on that you're going to want to share some uh, share your opinion on. So, with that said, here's I did mention this. Maybe I didn't mention it. We're going to talk about the intersection of social media and politics, and to have this conversation, I want to bring to the stage Eric Welch, who is our director of social media. Eric, are you out there?
1: Hey, Mark, I'm here. There he is. You?
0: Hey, buddy. Thanks for joining us on this, uh, for this chat. You know, we don't typically like to talk about politics on, uh, on any of our channels, especially here on Has your e-presence, but it really is one of those things that's, yeah, it's kind of on our mind right now, right? There's a few things happening.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been a pretty, um, I think, regardless of what side you're on, it's been a pretty stressful seven to ten days.
0: Uh, I think that's a good way of putting it. If you like to watch politics and you and you really are uh, pulling for someone, uh, this was been yeah. No matter what, no matter how you see it, it's been stressful. So, in the middle of all this, there's something that's been happening a lot, and we have we've seen the that the we've heard about the russians we've heard about the iranians maybe north korea getting involved in our political um in the political landscape trying to influence us maybe even well maybe trying to fragment us and what we wanted to do today is have a conversation about that because i have an idea and eric and i were chewing this up and we decided to throw this on the live channel and so here's the idea i'm proposing Are you ready for this? I'm proposing that we get all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, although LinkedIn doesn't seem to get in the middle of this as much, uh, all the major social media accounts, Snapchat, not that Snapchat is really one that, that, that really jumps in the middle of this, but let's have all those social media platforms block everything that has to do with politics six months before an election. So 6 months before election if you're typing on your Facebook page and you say some keywords, Facebook will shut you down. They'll they'll allow you to post it, but you're not going to be able to share it, nobody else will be able to like it or comment on it. And the mission is here, this is a great way to shut off all the other people that are out there. All, you know, the Russians can't make a comment that'll start to divide us. There will be the vitriol that you see on social media when it comes to politics will, will disappear because you, you won't be able to get into those conversations. This could be a great way to help us pivot back to really trying to find a way that we can focus on politics in a way that's more beneficial to us versus being um, really trying to upset each other. The question is, is some of this, some of things will have to be carved out. So for example, I would say that the candidate and the candidates, um, uh, campaign can have their own social media feeds where they do share content and that, but there's no comments on it. You can't share it. You can't push it, but they could go ahead and push their content out there. And this is each campaign for, you know, all the levels from, uh, from local governments all the way up to the presidential election. Eric, what do you think about that?
1: Well, uh, it's an interesting idea, and I have a, a few questions for you. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is, and you you just you did just mention it. this would be for all levels of elections. so from the local up to the state up to national. The biggest question I have is what I mean, there's elections going on throughout the year. Uh, obviously, right. every four years, there's the big one for the for the president, but every six years you have Senate. Uh, elections you have um, Well, we're going to have in Georgia we're going to have a runoff in January
0: boy is that going to be nuts it's already nuts we're going to have two
1: runoffs for that that's in January but then also on the local level there can be uh, elections sometimes they pop up when you're not expecting them because if you're not tuned in so how would you under that potential rule how would you factor in elections going year round
0: yeah, you know, when you look at some, rolling out something like this, it would make more sense to do a pilot on it before the presidential election comes to comes into play. So I would say, in two years, it would make sense to try it in the, in the um, uh, in the midterm elections, where you know you got. Um, I don't think there's are senators voted into office in midterms. I can't remember. Uh, it's every yeah, six somewhere. years. Yeah, so yeah. It some, happens. Sure. There were
1: some that happened this last week and then some will happen again in 2 weeks. It's kind of staggered.
0: Yeah. So, uh but I think midterms would be the first place you could try it and maybe you do it for 3 months and test it to see how it works because I'll tell you this. One of the things about any idea is when you first roll it out, something's going to get screwed up. Something's going to not work correctly. There's going to be a problem. So, let's let's do this. Let's watch it and see what works and what doesn't. And if something is not working then you're going to modify it but i do think that you do it for any i think for any election and and if it's manageable from the local level do it for the local level
1: yeah i think uh, the other problem i have with it is uh, i mean you mentioned the, the whatever whoever the candidates are plus their affiliation or their campaign would would allow to be allowed to post stuff however that doesn't stop them from putting out misinformation, which right. is a problem we're currently in. We're one of the I guess, former candidates. I don't know what you call them. I mean, the president has put out a lot of stuff that's getting hit with uh, misinformation across the board on all platforms. So I don't know how that would stop that from happening. How?
0: Yeah. Here's the, you know, and, and honestly, uh, locally, we saw some of the local elections saying things that were incorrect, also, and and that was and and I noticed that from the Democratic candidates. So I do think that there is there's a fact check piece that was happening before social media. Right? There was a fact check piece where people were uh, were local news and other folks were doing the fact checks on the on the items that were showing up in. Uh, in local advertising, and I think that would continue, and that would be good. I personally, I don't think that there should be. I, I would tell, I would, I would think that it's better for the social media uh, systems to stay out of that, to not try to say this is false and this is true. If you narrow everything down and nobody can share it, it's less damaging, right? So let's take a, let's take for example. If if a candidate like wants to say that uh, the world's going to end this week, people can't share that and make it larger than it is. But you could have some, the fact checkers like we've always had for local advertising, for any advertising, to come and say, that's not true. I think that that's the way to handle it because it gets the social media can. And I will tell you, this is my problem. The social media services, the platforms, they are jumping in and trying to tell us what's true and what's not. And they they have a they can have a bias. It gets them out of the bias business.
1: Yeah, I, I I see how that. I don't know. I still think it's a little troublesome when, regardless of what side you're on, you can still put out whatever you want. You still gotta have the fact checkers, and those, depending on the candidate, they could have up to you know millions and millions of, of followers. So the misinformation could still get out to a, a lot of people. Um, right. one other offshoot of this, and this came to me as I was researching for today's conversation was the growth of new social media platforms. Uh, and I don't know if, are you familiar with parlor?
0: I have heard of parlor. Is that, is that the one that's very conservative?
1: It's yeah. And I don't know if it was started with that, uh, and intended, but a lot of folks are because of facebook and twitter and you know being either um posts being removed or censored or you know warning being tacked on it there are a lot of uh, conservatives quite frankly that are moving to parlor and there have been some prominent uh, people within the conservative movement that are encouraging their followers to abandon facebook abandon twitter and Come join us over at Parlor, where the restrictions at this point are, are a little more loose. So sure. So, uh, like I said, I don't know if Parlor's founders if this is what they intended, but this is this is where they are. And I think my my point with this is the people are going to find ways around it, which I think is why Twitter and Facebook have had such a hard time, and they are trying to block or censor or however you want to frame it. They're, they're right. trying to moderate the information that's out there to some extent but there's a, hundreds of millions of people on social media and they're looking for ways, any which way to get around it and it's it's kind of a race between the giants, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whoever trying to stay ahead of the really smart people who are coming up with new ways to do things
0: exactly you know and I th- this reminds me of an old uh, old is a very old quote that came from the Bible and it was a it was uh, something that Pilate said to Jesus and the quote is what is truth and I love that I love that phrase because the question is what is truth and the and it would and it and here's what worries me is when you start becoming the arbiter of truth, there's always another side to it. There's always another, uh, another version of that truth where people can believe it. And I, and I will tell you that it is, it is difficult to be in that space because you're going to, if you're starting to trying to figure out what is true and what's not, you're going to have to produce a lot of content. And then when you start producing content from a, a, uh, from a group that, could be biased in and of themselves, and that's your proof, then that's a problem. So, I, I that's why I think just shutting it down, letting the candidates say what they want and say, and you could say, I mean, all of them, uh, all the accounts, you could put a banner on every single one of them that says, you know, we at Facebook do not check the validity of any of the content on this page. It's fine, right? You do it on Twitter too, you do it on the homepage. We are not checking the validity of any of the content on this page. Proceed at your own risk. Right? Um, I think that that would be the way to handle it. Now, you mentioned Parlor. I here's my feeling about Parlor: is that you would have to look at social media and figure out where that line of demarcation is. If you've got X number of members, then you fall into this uh, into this realm. If it is a an overtly conservative space, it's sort of like. I look at it like uh, like football. So in the state of Georgia, we have the University of Georgia, and we also have Georgia Tech. Well, Georgia Tech has a forum where everybody talks about football in Georgia Tech, and they really, really hate Georgia. And the Georgia fans have their own forum, and they really, really hate Georgia Tech. Actually, they really hate Florida right now, but we'll <laughs> stay focused on Tech. Yeah. So, you know, if you go to that space, you know that in that space, it is going to be negative if you're not a member of that particular group. So what worries me is that you end up with, if you're on Facebook, we are finding ourselves being divided. I will tell you the larger goal here is this, is to find a way that we can have more unifying tones. And and I see a lot of uh, fistfights on Facebook. Literally, literally and figuratively, where people are getting in fights over um over what is going on or what somebody's talking about when it comes to politics. And and I'm not picking a side. I'm not gonna say one side's right, and one side's wrong. But all I see is that the the there's nothing healthy in that conversation. Cause I will tell you, I'm not gonna convince a person to change their position on Facebook. What I am gonna do is I'll probably Make them angry. It's one of the things that we say at at, at uh, ePresence. We don't talk about politics, sex, or religion because you're going to alienate part of your audience once you do that. So, I would say, okay, here's the here's the large here's the size of a, of a social media. Whatever that number is, maybe it is in the hundreds of millions. Don't know. Like LinkedIn has 700 million members. That's probably the smallest of all the major social media systems. So maybe it's. Maybe it's 500 million users and you say, okay, if you're in this space, then that's when you do it. Now the question here, my question to myself is who's going to enforce this? Does this become a government thing? I would say that I think that the social media uh, platforms should create their own coalition, their own association, their own society, whatever you want to call that where they go into and they agree to self-manage, but they, they have a governing board. That comes up with these rulings so that it's not necessarily the government but it's an independent board that they're beholden to i think that's the way to manage it
1: yeah i think it, it, it's possible i just i can't help but think that no matter what structure you come up with someone's gonna they're gonna figure out a way around it and you know it could be a, a, you're, you're shutting down our freedom of speech could be an argument by, by blocking that that's gonna come up um there's just there's a lot of a lot of ways around it uh, or they're going to try to figure out a way around it. Can um, we talk about freedom of speech? You okay if I jump in there? Yeah,
0: go for it. So, um, my screen just blinked on me. So if I look frozen in my back, my no, you're screen is there. Just went you're there. there. You're okay, good. good. Um, freedom of speech. The the, the the challenge is, is if you don't do something across the board consistently, then it's a freedom of speech issue. And that's why I like this as a solution. So this isn't a, I'm not limiting a specific person's speech. I'm limiting all conversation on this. And so if you want to have free speech, that's fine. But I'm not going to be I, me, Facebook. I'm not going to tell you, Eric Welch, you can't talk about this or you're not telling the truth. Instead, I'm going to say all people are no longer able to have this conversation on our pla- on the platforms. And that's one of the things that's why the coalition of social media accounts makes more sense because they can all agree or disagree to to join in on this. It's you know, it, it's is it the right is it the 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 number one answer no, but I will tell you this, I think it is a a brilliant way to solve two things. We are now not allowing someone to lie on social media and it and it be and it's shared everywhere, right? It's gonna have to be through conversation, which, okay, fine. That's a little, that's better. And we're not gonna allow people to get on our social media platforms and fight. And we're not, and it keeps the Russians out and it keeps the Iranians out of our system. They, and I will tell you and the Chinese, it is, that's my biggest worry. The, the larger issue here is that we've got people outside our country trying to ruin us and divide us and it's working. This would be a great way to stop that.
1: Yep. Yeah. you might be onto something. We'll see. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't
0: think they're going to do it, <laughs> right? Because you think about the money that they're walking away from. That's that's a problem.
1: Right? Oh that's yeah, problem. I mean, there's so many factors to the whole thing. Um, yeah. W- one other point I wanted to, to bring up, or I guess it, something else I found in my research that I thought was interesting is c- different ways that the, the the Titans, Facebook, and Twitter are, are trying to combat. And we we mentioned Facebook. They've been labeling things as I just. I took a quick look at Trump's uh, Facebook page and just about it. I mean, it mirrors his Twitter feed. It's the same stuff. But everything on there says has a a Reuters report that Joe Biden is the president-elect. So they slap that on every single one of his posts. But with um, something Twitter has done, and I don't know how active you are on Twitter, uh, but they have um, used to be able to just kind of scroll through your feed and you could hit retweet. And without anything, you know, just uh, then you it would show up on your feed. But now they have removed that. Where uh, well, you can retweet, but a thing pops up where you got to add your comment to it. You know, quote tweet. There, I mean, there's a way around it. But the point is, it's it's adding a step so that you this comes up and you got to think for a second: is this something I want to do? Because before, without hesitation, without thinking, without anything, you could just hit the retweet button and you keep moving they they've also added uh on articles that they have that they have determined are questionable or might not be true a pop-up will come up basically saying are you sure you want to do this do you want to share this have you read this I, i don't know the exact wording but they have they're trying to slow the spread of misinformation by adding a couple of extra steps that the user it forces them to think about it a little bit. Where if, before you could hit retweet without knowing anything, it could be a, a headline that you like, and then you retweet it. But someone then opens that up and they read, it, and it's the headline was you know clickbait, and the actual story is something completely different. Right that's not a good look for you or your, for your brand or whatever the case may be. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Yeah. I'd seen those items uh, showing up on Twitter, especially I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of Twitter management for a local sports team. And I, and I've noticed how those things are popping up. Here's what's fascinating to me and, and really flies in uh, this, this is going to really upset some people, I think. And that is the, that, I, I've seen the things that Twitter have said where they said this is not true information and they're sending folks to uh, the proof is you click the button and you go to another page and on that other page, it'll show all the, the different places that they're saying that this content is uh, is not true. And I'm specifically thinking about the president. And what I see there is they're citing all the sources that the president has already said is fake news. It is not going to it, that content's not going to make his audience go, oh wow, that's not true. <laughs> it's just going to reinforce his audience like, look, yeah. the fake news media, and that's the problem. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you that what the president was posting was true. What worries me is that you don't have number one. We do have media that is that is biased that has uses biased languages language when they speak about uh, certain politicians, especially with the president. I mean, they absolutely, there was no doubt in my mind that CNN and the Washington Post, as an example, they hated President Trump, hated him. And then the flip side is Fox News, for the most part, loved him, right? And so you've got two very biased sources that I think if you point to those, or three in this case, right? If you point to them as proof, that's a problem because we don't have a really unbiased uh, source of news. I think I, I'd i argue that the Wall Street Journal is probably somewhat there, but it's hard to find one that, you know, they're absolutely going to be unbiased. And I think because as people, we're just biased people in general. So how do you do, how do you fix that? It's it, it's so hard to do. Let's just limit folks from sharing content. I think that you say, okay, Mr. Candidate, we're going to, Mr. or Mrs. Candidate, we're going to let you share whatever you want. And we're going to say, we're not going to fact check this. So proceed at your own risk. I don't know. Maybe it's a solution. My number one issue is let's find a way to stop poking each other in the eye.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, and I don't know. If, and we don't know the, how to fix that. And I think it's hard. Yeah, between the foreign yeah, interference and the division domestically um, I don't know how that gets fixed I think it's gonna get uh, it's gonna take a long time and yeah. um, I think there's a lot of good that happens on social media and there's a lot of I agree. just the just I still Twitter is my go-to for just getting the news of what's going on and I love doing that and um, social media can be used for so much good things that
0: you know what we got to do we should do a show on Twitter I have we have so many clients that come to me and say tell me about Twitter. What does yeah. it do? Why should I be on Twitter? I had a client hit us this week, hit me this week and he said, "I'm, you know, I'm I'm leaving all social media. I'm going to stay on LinkedIn. Should I stay on Twitter?" And and I told him I said, "Well, wow, Twitter's where you get publications retweeting your content."
1: Yeah. So you need to be there.
0: That's where all the journalists are.
1: Yeah, it's it's true, and and you know throughout this whole conversation, we've kind of lumped Twitter and Facebook together as, as we go along, but they are so incredibly different. And oh my gosh, that's very true. They can, but that said, a brand can use them for in, in a positive way. Just you can't uh, my um, what I always call it blanket posting, where you take the exact same thing and you throw it across all the channels. You can't you can't do that. It's not um, a good idea. But then we're getting Absolutely into not. strategy and that's a whole nother show.
0: You know, and we do that. We do that that's for right. some of our clients. You know, we help them. And uh, and there goes my screen again. I am. Uh, I, I've just been in the middle of technology challenges all week long, but it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm back now. So we got to wrap. We're at 26 minutes. So let's yep. wrap this up. But I do think for folks, if you're watching this and, and you're watching it after we're finished share your comments. We'll interact with you. We think that we need to come up with a solution. If not this one, something let's stop fighting on social media because listen, if if I run into somebody who has a different political opinion than me and I'm talking to them face to face, I'm not going to get in an argument with them. I'm going to have a logical conversation, but if I get on my Facebook stream, I may bring out the knives, right? we've got a major problem here and it is affecting us culturally. we got to figure out a solution. If not this, something. So love to hear your thoughts. If you have a solution, Eric, any final thoughts?
1: No, I think, uh, I think we're good. I think, um, if we focus on the positivity that's out there on social media and the good that you can get either for growing your brand, growing your business, just connecting with people, um, I mean, you'd be surprised at who you can interact with. I mean, you might think, well, you know, so and so, there's they live across the country and they're, they have hundreds of thousands of followers and, and, you know, I'll just read their stuff. Well, reach out to those people because you never know. They might, right. They might, if you make a good point, it might uh, hit you back and you can have a new Twitter friend. <laughs>
0: we have, we have found people and developed relationships with people on LinkedIn. Um, yep. Have it and in this organization. LinkedIn is a good space to live, but uh, you can do this on all platforms. But there needs to be a sense of trust, and and once you have that, then you can get things done. Well, Eric, I think I'll wrap up and talk a little bit about the webinars coming up. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it sounds good. I'll get out of here. All
0: right. So here's again. Thanks, hey Eric. Thanks for being here. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. He and I talk all the time. We're always solving world crises. We just figured we'd do it online with you guys today. Reminder, we do our own. We have a webinar that we're running every month. So once you figure out that you you need some help on your social media, come join us. You can go right there to that link on the screen, e-pr.me slash discount. Take advantage of our podcast discount of $37.50. Click there. You can sign up for one of our two LinkedIn webinars. The first one, we talk about uh, profiles. The second one, we really drill into more of the security settings and how to post. Uh, What do we do at ePresence? We're a full-service social media agency. So we kind of have four lanes. We help individuals. We help companies. We help college athletes or college students in general, um, and athletes for that matter if uh, if they're in college, um, as well as any type of consulting and, and such. So give us a ping if you'd like some help on your digital social media. We'd love to have a chance to help you out there. And then follow us. Just a reminder, please click that subscribe button. When you subscribe, you'll get a notification that we're live. You can jump on and you can send us a message and say, hey, there's my thought. I would like to know what you think about this idea. And we'll talk about that. So please do that. And we hope to see all of you here on all of our social media very soon. Well, that's a wrap for this week's version of How's Your Presence? Hopefully we'll see all of you soon. On behalf of Eric Welch, who's normally our uh, our producer today, one of the main uh, main events, as well as our director, uh, what I say, he's our producer director, and all around great guy. Eric, thanks for being here. I'm Mark Galvin. Hope to see you again soon here on How Jury Puzzles.